Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so the next speaker at the Tudor Summit is Melita Thomas. And as you can see, we're actually together in person, <laughs> which is so really <laughs> yeah. And we are at a, we're together because we're actually doing a, our podcast live at uh, this Tudor and 17th century experience home, um, which is amazing to be absolutely at. Absolutely magical. So yeah. we've come a little early to, um, to do, to do, record this talk. Um, but if you're, if you've been in the, the group, you probably will have seen the, the the notices about this going on in the Facebook lives and stuff like that. So that's where Melita and I are right now. So Melita's going to talk about ladies in waiting at the Tudor Court, yes. which is a, a really exciting topic, yeah, and I'm it, really excited to learn about. It, it, yeah, it was a very interesting one to um, research. In fact, what so made I, you decide on? Well, it? I was thinking about it in. You remember Downton Abbey, of course, and we all remember Downton Abbey, and probably a lot of people who. Uh, watched Downton Abbey saw the relationship between Lady Mary and Anna mm-hmm. the long-suffering Anna I have yeah. to say and Lady mm-hmm. Mary's really quite to know and they might have wondered well you know that's the ladies maid but what was it like in the Tudor period because mm-hmm. you hear about the queens having their ladies in waiting and their maids of honour and you know was it a similar sort of relationship mm-hmm. or was it very different mm-hmm. and in fact I think it was actually very different in the Tudor period mm-hmm. because Tudor queens were actually much closer to their domestic servants. They weren't servants in the same way that by the Victorian period, the ladies' maid was was a servant. Because they were other nobility and things yes. like that. And the whole concept of service in the 16th, 15th, 16th and 17th centuries was, was very different from how it was in the 19th and 20th centuries because everybody, other than, other than the king and royalty, basically... Everybody waited on somebody else. Mm. It was a very hierarchical society, but there was a concept of you know the the, the servant and the master having a, a a relationship that conferred obligation in both okay. in both ways. And the the theory was that if you didn't know how to serve, you couldn't command. Mm. So mm. even even royalty, in fact, I mean Queen Queen Margaret of Denmark, she was she was Queen of Scots to James the Third. She insisted that her son, who was later King James the Fourth was trained as a page so he could wait on her so he knew what it was like mm, to serve mm, mm. and that was the whole concept so um both for both men and women that you went into the household of somebody of a similar rank or higher than yourself and you learned to be a a, a servant in their house but the, the, the word servant didn't mean what it meant in the time of Downton Abbey 
And you also might go into their house to get like marriage prospects and things like exactly. that. Exactly. So and typically, yep. That. So mm-hmm. typically, the, a, a girl, when she was about 12 or 14, she'd go into this household, often of the man she was going to marry or one of the brothers, mm-hmm. and she would wait on the mistress of the house. Mm-hmm. And then she would learn the trade of being a mistress of a great house. And when she married the son and became the mistress, she would take on another generation of young women. And uh, so there wasn't that that gulf that there was in the later period. And at the very top of society, the nobleman's daughters waited on the queen. And they would then have their own ladies who would then have a waiting woman who would write down to the, the, the people right at the bottom. It's like a pyramid scheme. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it, exactly. And people, people moved in, in the upper echelons. They would move amongst the, the sort of levels as they got older. Mm. So in Elizabeth of York's household, for example, her two sisters, Cicely of York and Anne of York, they both had official positions as ladies of her bedchamber. For Cicely was chief, and then um, when she got married, it was it was Anne. And fifty years later, at Catherine Parr's household, her sister Anne Herbert was her lady in waiting, and her cousin Maud Lane was was another one of them. So there were, of course, um, people below. There were the the women called the chamberers who you know changed the bedding and uh, did the laundering, emptied the slops. But even they could be close to their mistress. Uh, Catherine of Aragon left. I mean, obviously, she she wasn't in the position she was uh, as a queen. But when she died, she mentioned Mistress Marjorie, who'd been one of her chamberers mm-hmm. in her will. Mm-hmm. So you could re- have a a warmer relationship even with somebody who actually seemed quite low down the pecking order. So within the royal household, you had the ladies in waiting, and then you had the maids of honour. And the ladies in waiting were the older women usually married um probably closer in age to the queen and her friends and they would also have their own households then yes how did that work uh if you're a lady in waiting and you were married which which most of them were you you worked on a rota okay. so you'd be on for three months or i i don't know and there's no evidence as to the exact time scales but it's apparent that, that they had a tour of duty effectively okay and then yeah. they would go home and then they'd have children and then they'd come back i see and uh Eleanor, Eleanor Paston, who was Countess of Rutland, she managed to have 11 children in the period 1523 to 1539, and she served Anne Boleyn, Jane Seymour, Anne of Cleves, and Catherine Howard. Oh, my. So, so she, was, she was a busy girl. And then, you know, when they were doing their, their stint at home, they'd, have the, uh, they'd be bearing children, they'd be looking after the estate when their husband was away, uh, and then they would come back on Rosha. And later, Elizabeth I was very mean about her rotors. So uh, her poor cousin, Catherine Carey, was almost never allowed any time off. Mm. Every time she went off to have one of her numerous children, uh, Elizabeth demanded that she come back immediately. Uh, Elizabeth wasn't a wasn't the best employer, I don't She's think. Nice boss, she? No, no, she was she was very very exacting, perhaps mm. more so than than the other queens. Um, so. The, the ladies in waiting would tend to be friends. So Catherine of Aragon's close friend was Maria de Salinas, mm-hmm. who'd come with her from Spain and married Lord Willoughby de Earsby. And Maria's daughter, Catherine Willoughby, uh, and became a friend of Catherine Parr's, mm-hmm. although not to the extent that she wanted to look after Catherine's daughter when mm. she died. So yeah, there's, there's friends and friends really, aren't there? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And the Scottish court is the famous uh, the Five Marys. Right. So Mary Stuart had her four, four Marys. Marys, and they they were friends. They mm-hmm. were genuinely close. And Mary Seaton, one of them, despite being a nobleman's daughter, she she learned hairdressing, and she was mm. a she was a famous hairdresser for for the Queen. How so she looked after 
Yeah. Mary Queen of Scots apparently had exceptionally beautiful hair. Huh. So, but that was, so it, it wasn't looked down upon. So right. the thing that Anna's doing in Downton Abbey, which is sort of very menial, right. was not considered such for, for it, a queen. And surely it would have been a great privilege to be able to work on the queen's exactly. Such yes. level of intimacy. and Yes, and chat and, and you know. And, it's like and the groom of the stool for a... a yeah, I suppose yeah. it is actually. Yes, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if the queens had groom or ladies of the stool. They must have done, but I haven't come across any. <laughs> yes, hmm. there's another history's mystery. <laughs> yeah, yes. Have you seen um, at Sudley Castle, Catherine Parr's little loo? Mm. But no, it's a little red velvet box. If you think velvet. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but perhaps so. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's just let's just not go into that one. <laughs> yeah. Moving right yeah, along. So, but the maids of honour were younger. They okay. for, to be in the royal household. They were sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we know that because in 1536, Lady Lyle was trying to find a position for her daughter mm. Anne Bassett in Queen Jane's household, and she was told, "No, she's too young. She's only yeah. 15. You know, try it, try again." Uh, so, yeah. So, so the maids of honour they, they they were they were younger. They were not married, uh, and they had a, a, a supervisor called the Mother of the Maids, mm. whose job was to keep these young women in check. And uh, at Henry's court, it was a lady named Mrs. Stoner for the later queens. Okay. Um, quite how she got that position, I, I don't know, but there she's mentioned. And they all would like would sleep in dorms and stuff together, or had, would they have their own room? Well, nobody had their own room. Right. Even the even the king or queen shared right. a room. Sure. So okay. so even the queen's regnant Mary and Elizabeth had until they, Mary was married, they had a bedfellow. Okay, uh, nobody slept alone. So that so they would have slept. Um, probably the maids of honour, probably half, half a dozen of them in the, in the room together. Okay. The ladies-in-waiting may have had a bit more privacy, but conceptually privacy just... Yeah. Would they have shared a, a bed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yes, almost yeah. certainly, yes. Yeah. So even, yeah. even the Queen yeah, actually yeah, yeah. shared a bed. So, um, yeah, so you'd probably get to, to, two of the, ma- the ladies-in-waiting yeah. tucked up together. Or if the lady-in-waiting, if she was one of the great ladies who were the ladies who didn't weren't employed exactly, but they attended on the Queen if they were mm-hmm. at court, you know, and their husband may have had rooms and they'd have mm-hmm. possibly shared with their okay. or, or stayed in the in the Queen's. So that the household was divided into the King's side and the Queen's side. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't necessarily that much interaction between the men and the women other than on a, in, in the official rooms. Yeah. So eating in the Great Hall, yeah they'd have done together. That's interesting. That's like even the White House has the West Wing and the East Wing where okay. one is the the purview of the First Lady and the other one okay. is where the President does his Right, well, I didn't, didn't know that. So yeah. yes, exactly the same concept, the, 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 the ladies and the gentlemen. So the, 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 the maids, they had to bring their own linen and they had a single waiting woman each. And okay. uh, under Queen Jane, they got paid £10 a year. And I'm guessing it, was, it would have been more or less the same throughout the century. So. And were they told what kind of clothing to wear? Oh, you're going to even talk about uh, that. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we, we know most about how they were employed because of Lady Lyle's efforts to get her mm. daughter, Anne Bassett, employed by Queen Jane. And she, she sends endless letters to all the ladies she knows. She knows Lady Rutland, her niece is Mary Arundel, who was mm. uh, a maid of honour and about to become a lady-in-waiting when she married the Earl of Sussex. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, letters to, to saying, what should I send the Queen? How can I suck up to the Queen and get my daughter a job? Mm-hmm. And eventually, uh, Jane said, OK, send send me your two girls, Catherine and Anne, and one of them can have a place, and I'll decide which I like based on her, I think it was her fashions and her condition, her manners, yeah. her fashions and her conditions. How funny. Yeah, and Jane... Jane was in a similar sort of background. She she would have known that um, you know money wasn't too flush, mm-hmm. so she she said to Lady Lyle, 
send your daughters, but they, until I choose one, they only need to bring one, uh, two suits of clothing, one in mm. one in silk and one in damask. Okay. And uh, obviously that means a, you know the dress and and obviously all their underthings and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Once they were employed and Jane took Anne Bassett, they would have had the maids of honor had livery. Which wouldn't have been uniform like the lower servants wore, but it would have been a badge with the Queen's arms or the royal initials, mm-hmm. probably on a black a, a gown of black or some dark mm-hmm. because dark fabrics were more more expensive. Okay, so, yes. You know. um, there's from from the early 1520s when um, Mary was Princess of Wales, uh, her. Her lower servants were all dressed in her colours of blue and green, and that was a livery. And the the ladies and the gentlewomen wore black velvet. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. You know, they didn't have to wear sort of the fancy stripes that they okay. were, you know, <laughs> the trunk hose. Uh, so, so the maid of honour she would swear allegiance to her mistress, and her conduct would be regulated by the household ordinances, okay. which told them how they had to behave, and there was there was to be no bi- no no quarrelling and fighting. Okay. So what do they all do? Um, in less exalted households, and as I say, this went on all the way down the social scale, the women had very real duties to perform. And although, you know, no lady of gentle birth would milk a cow, mm-hmm. the lady of the manor, she would look after her dairy. She would supervise what was going on in the kitchens. She wouldn't cook day-to-day meals, okay. but she would um, get involved in culinary specialities. Okay. So where the ingredients were, invalu- were valuable, such as sugar, uh, the lady of the house would often make the confectionery herself mm. and her women helped her. Okay. Uh, lady Lyle made quince marmalade, which she sent to Henry VIII, oh. much to his delight. He, he was very partial to a bit of marmalade. <laughs> uh, the Mary Queen of Scots and her Marys learnt to make uh, marmalade and to crystallise fruit. Mm. Isabella of Castile brought up her daughters to sew and to understand housewifely duties, even though they were the best educated women in Europe at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And um, the lady might also make her own medicines, uh, mm. potions in her still room. Then they managed the servants. They looked after the children. So all of the kind of traditional women taking care of the home yes. kind of things. Yes, but the mistress would also look after legal business and estate okay. business if her husband was away. I mean, right. I, I mean, you know, there was no equality in society in the way we think of it. But women had a position and they had power within their sphere mm-hmm. women ran the household and okay. you know that that was yeah. their job yeah uh, one of the major tasks was sewing all levels of society right right so even i mean you see the beautiful embroideries and we've looked at some today and that was what the ladies of the court did they did fine embroidery but queen catherine of aragon sewed her husband's shirts and mm-hmm. she was very famous for doing right. that and uh henry got himself into trouble with anne boleyn when uh, he still went to he still went to his wife to have his shirts so, sewn yeah. and queen anne was or lady anne was not very happy about that yeah, they had a bit of a quarrel about that one yeah uh, so you know that and then if they weren't all sewing they would be making music they would be dancing they played chess uh they read aloud they didn't mm. Private reading was was not something that came mm. in until the end of the 16th century. Okay. Reading was nearly all allowed. They mm. took part in the exercise. They hunted. They hawked. Uh, ladies did that as well as well as gentlemen. They did archery. Mary Queen of Scots and her attendants played tennis, although that seems to have been fairly unusual for women to do that. But archery, bowls, marbles. There's mm. no. <laughs> of them playing marbles. They went to the court ceremonies, um, they greeted the ambassadors, they played in the masks. Um, mm. The first mention of Anne Boleyn 
in history is, or in, okay. in the English court, is at the mask in yeah. 1523, where she played one of the one of the ladies in you know in the in the tower. Perseverance. Or something. Yes, it was well, apparently so. Although everybody says that, but it doesn't. I've never actually found, found the found to prove that she, perseverance was one of the ladies, okay. but it, yeah. yeah. So, okay. I, but everybody says it was her, and of course, it would, fit. It would certainly fit. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and they would watch watch the king jousting, and there's a picture of um, Catherine and her ladies watching Henry doing his mm-hmm. doing his man, manly bit. Yeah. And because it, the role of the lady in waiting was sort of a public face, uh, it was sometimes stipulated that they had to be good looking. Okay. So when Catherine of Aragon was being prepared to come to England, Henry VII wrote to her parents and said, um, make sure that she only brings beautiful ladies with her. Fair enough. And the p- ladies who were chosen for the masks, it was on their looks. It wasn't mm-hmm. on their, I'm afraid, you know, me, t- me too, I'm afraid, didn't have anything to do with mm-hmm. their mathematical mm-hmm. ability. It was purely on their looks. <laughs> <laughs> so if a princess married abroad, she would take her entourage with her. Mm-hmm. And usually she'd have an older woman to look after her. Um, Mary of England had uh, Lady Gifford to look after her when she went to France. Catherine Varangan had a, a, a bit of a dragon by the sound of it, Dolia Elvira. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the ladies were well treated and sometimes they weren't. Catherine of Aragon's ladies were well treated and two of them went on to marry English noblemen, mm-hmm. um, Maria de Salinas and Inez de Venega. Some were not so lucky. Um, Mary of England, when she married Louis XII of France, he insisted on sending all of her ladies home. Mm-hmm. And Mary was absolutely distraught, and she wrote to Henry, I am left most alone, for on the morn after my marriage would discharge, and then likewise my mother Gifford with other my women and maidens, except such as never had any experience nor knowledge how to advise me or give me counsel in any time of need. Mm. And there she was, 18 years old, in a foreign court. That's horrible. But they were luckier than some. Okay. 20 years earlier, when Juana of Castile, Catherine of Aragon's oh, sister, uh, yeah, married Philip of Burgundy, he was terrible. He was horrible. He would not... It, the custom was that the Queen or the wife had her own money and she paid her servants. Mm-hmm. He would not give her her jointure, which she was supposed to do. Right. So she couldn't pay her servants, and he would not pay her servants. Mm-hmm. So eventually they all left her, were replaced by his his people, and she had no one to turn to, and he was um, sure she was mad. Funny that. Yeah, yeah he, he was be mad not a nice too. man. He, he was, was not terrible. a nice man. So you can imagine that. She's stuck in this household with no no friends from home. Who yeah, it's just sad. just horrible. Very sad. Yeah. So, I mean, they had a regulation number of attendants. Um, you know, and 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 competition was fierce. So, yeah. So Lady Nile had to spend an awful lot of presents to Queen Jane <laughs> to get one of her daughters into the household. But she, she scored because uh, her husband was governor of Calais, and Calais was where they um, hunted quail. Oh, right. So when she was pregnant, didn't she send some quail? She sent lots and lots of quail, <laughs> yes, yes, as well as suitable other presents to Lady Rutland and, okay. you know, people who had the Queen's ear, and eventually yeah. eventually it paid off. So it's who you know. Absolutely. Mm. It never changes, yes. Um, I mean, Jane Seymour was, was quite keen to have a more sedate court than Anne Boleyn had right, had. right. So although you know, it seems very, very unlikely that Anne was in any way guilty of adultery, her quite familiar manners with her gentlemen yeah. it made it plausible even if it you know mm-hmm. so so I mean nobody would have said that Catherine of Aragon was having an affair I mean, right it would just been ridiculous yeah but Anne Boleyn was more flirtatious mm-hmm. so Jane Seymour was obviously keen to have a very very sedate court and, mm-hmm. and Anne Bassett when she got the job was told to be sober sound wise and discreet mm-hmm. so, yeah <laughs> 
Alison Weir talked about that a little bit in her in the historical fiction about Jane that she yes. almost kind of separated herself too and was much it was very determined that she wasn't going to have a, a exactly she was going to be much more regal and mm-hmm. you know more like Catherine of Aragon had been or Elizabeth of York and, yeah. and preserve that that distance between the queen and her her her, her lesser the lesser beings yeah yeah <laughs> so of course. Once there were queens regnant, Mary and Elizabeth, the, the role of the ladies-in-waiting changed a bit because... They almost become then the advisors. Exactly. Case, they, yeah. had, they had a much more, um, much more likelihood of political influence mm-hmm. than, than previous yeah. ladies-in-waiting had had. Um, there was a lady who, who was obviously Mary's closest friend. She was mistress of the robes. She was Su- Susan Tong, her name was, mm. but she's known as Susan Claren Sio, Claren Sio, I never know how to pronounce it, mm. because her husband was Claren Sio Herald. Oh, okay. And she was considered to be quite a conduit to the Queen. So mm. a, a, a generous present to Susan mm-hmm. got you to all sorts of places. Yeah. Um, but they had, so the, the, the two queens, they had um, the three ladies of the bedchamber. They had seven ladies and gentlemen of the privy chamber. And the famous one that um, Elizabeth had was Blanche Parry. Okay. Who had been with her since she was a, since she was a small child. Then there were the four chambers who said the, the more menial tasks mm. and the maids of honour. Mm. And there were still the great ladies who, uh, Margaret Douglas, the Queen's cousin, she was one of the great ladies because she didn't, she was even too good even to serve the, the, the mm-hmm. Queen. Uh, but she was a, a, a fixture at Mary's court because they were friends. Mm-hmm. But when Elizabeth came to the throne, she decided that Margaret was no longer welcome and Margaret was sent off to her estates in the north. And the other one who was uh, demoted was uh, Catherine Grey. Mm. In Mary's reign, she was one of the ladies of the Privy Chamber. So just showing how the sort of complexity of the relationships, because, of course, Jane Grey, Catherine's sister, had tried to oust Mary from the throne, but Mary, having forgiven her her cousin, uh, Jane's mother... Elizabeth didn't treat those Grey sisters very nice, did she? No, she didn't. No, no, Mary was kinder to them than, than Elizabeth was. Yeah. But, yeah, so Catherine was uh, uh, demoted from uh, the privy chamber, which mm-hmm. was close to the Queen, to the the least that she mm-hmm. could actually decently give her as her, as mm. her cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, Elizabeth was an exacting mistress. Um, yeah, so, as I said, poor Catherine Carey, no matter how many children she had, she had to keep coming back. She wasn't allowed mm. to have her time off. Mm. And later, Elizabeth became bad tempered we say right. with her so it, it's you know she it was not unknown for her to throw things at them mm-hmm. and there's a story that she actually broke one maid's finger by throwing a hairbrush at her Oops. now poor Elizabeth you know I mean she 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 was she wasn't perhaps a nice woman to work for but you think of the you know the stress of the position sure. and the, you know so it's but yes it, it wouldn't and she didn't like her maids getting married she right. got very very upset about mm-hmm. that so um and Elizabeth, um, she didn't like eating in public, so one of the things that her ladies had to do was wait on her at table. Mm. So the food would be sent in to her and they would carve Why the meat. Why didn't she like eating in public? Was it because, like, of her teeth? And... No, you like, because the, 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 you, you see pictures and the, the, the king, it, it was a very important part of medieval kingship to mm. eat in the Great Hall. Right. And they would sit up there, but every, you know, every mouthful was being watched. Mm-hmm. Imagine just sitting there and everybody... Watching yeah. you eat your dinner. Elizabeth didn't eat a lot. She was yeah, actually quite okay. abstemious, and she didn't she didn't eat a lot, and she yeah. didn't like these sort of long banquets. Everybody sitting and eating and drinking, yeah. you know, just yeah. just didn't do it for her. She she didn't she watered all her wine. She was very mm-hmm. apart from sugar, mm-hmm. which she she ate so much of. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so she she liked to keep her food private, 
and she would have a woman to share her, her bedroom with. It's not absolutely clear whether she shared the Queen's bed. I mean, they're known as bedfellows, right. and of course the beds were quite big, yeah. um, but she was certainly slept in the same room because mm. even a monarch never slept. No one was ever right. alone. It must right. have been horrible, actually. Yeah. Uh, so the ladies, they, they washed her, they dressed her, they combed her hair, they decked her with her makeup and mm-hmm. created her image of Gloriana. Mm-hmm. Without the ladies in waiting, there would be no Gloriana. <laughs> Interesting. And how how did their, well, I suppose I was going to say, how do you think it changed from the 1480s to the end of Elizabeth's reign? And even, at, do you know much about Anne of Denmark and how her... Mm. Anne of Denmark, sorry. We're having some lovely, what is this? Lamb's, it's lamb's wool. Lamb's wool mm. that Brigitte made us. And Couldn't resist it. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, it's made to the authentic re- recipe, she tells us. It's mm-hmm. apple, it's got little bits of apple floating. Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of clear with spices and it tastes just like a good apple pie. And it's uh, we, we have these authentic mugs mm-hmm. because what these mugs do is keep the apple bits from going in our mouth as we drink. So that's oh. why it has these little curves. Anyway. So sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> a mouthful well, I've been sitting here as you've been talking. So, um, so yeah, Anne, Anne of Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, so Anne of Denmark again. When she, when she was Queen of Scots, um, she she became Queen of Scots. She was only fifteen, mm-hmm. and again we think about all these people. And they're, they're just young girls, and yeah. they're in a foreign country. And she became very close to some of her Scottish ladies. And that created a bit of friction in her marriage because she was sometimes more supportive of her ladies than her husband mm-hmm. was entirely comfortable with because there were all these factions in the Scottish court. Right. And Lady Huntley, who was her favourite lady, was rumoured to be a Catholic and, and mm-hmm. did convert, which, which didn't go down too well. No. Although it was kept secret, it was never openly mm-hmm. admitted, it was widely rumoured. And when uh, when James inherited, uh, the... Uh, Robert Sissel was in charge of absolutely everything, and he he sort of decided which the the, the chief ladies who had been la- Elizabeth's chief ladies mm-hmm. would become Anne's, and so he sent a, a delegation of them to meet the Queen at the border. Mm. But a couple of ladies who hadn't been um, chosen by Cecil got ahead and got to Edinburgh. Oh. So there was uh, Lucy, Lady Bedford, and uh, Penelope Rich. And they more or less became Anne's favourite ladies until Penelope Rich f- fell out of favour for, for her um, remarriage. But Lucy, Lucy, the Countess of Bedford, became a very close friend of the Queen's. And of course, they were young women. She, mm-hmm. she didn't want to be, you know, yeah. Anne was in her 20s. She didn't want these 16, 17 yeah. year old women hanging about. Sure. But in her reign, oh, her, her, her time as Queen, the, the, the masks became an even more important mm-hmm. part of court life and they were extravagant in the extreme. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was, it did, uh, people complained about the price, but in fact, it did bring the English court much back, much more back into line with Europe after mm-hmm. the isolation of Elizabeth's reign. Yeah. Uh, Anne had her, her Danish and her German relatives and mm-hmm. the, the King of Denmark visited. So it was it did raise the prestige of the English court. Mm-hmm. And she had Ben Johnson and mm-hmm. um, Inigo Jones who did the yeah. designs. And, and the ladies had some beautiful pictures in the, um, the V&A, the drawings. Mm. Of, of the, so, so her ladies were also very, uh, very much a part of the... The ceremonial of the court. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how neat. And so it sounds like, so there was this, during Mary and Elizabeth, the women had much more, the ladies-in-waiting mm. had more of a, a government, almost a, like a potential Inter- role in government. Yes. And yeah. then it went back to, to masks and... Yeah, yes, yeah. And the, and obviously the king's, the king's personal friends then had a lot of influence. When do you think it started turning into this Downton Abbey servant 
kind of thing. It's not a period I've studied, but okay. probably in the, the late 17th, the, in the 18th century was probably okay. the big change. Okay. Um, it became, because the, the roles, um, so you started getting the, the housekeeper who was no longer, so the lady who might have been the, you know, sort of lower ranking woman, say, say a baron's wife or something, she might mm. have had one waiting woman who then sort of turned into the housekeeper mm. and then there was more there was more stratification so mm. yeah 18th century mm. and even one of one of the innovations that came in with the um late 18th early 19th century was was the bells oh okay and before bells there were just people so right. you'd have somebody sitting outside the room or sitting in the room with you yeah so you were close so, to them. So you were much closer yeah. to them. But once you had the bell, yeah. they were off in the servants' hall. Right. And that created a big the division. Space. As, as in the 15th century, because you know before this period, they were even closer and that they all slept together in the, in the, in the great hall. Yeah. So you couldn't help but be more intimately acquainted mm-hmm. with people. But as the notion of privacy, which was became a sort of Georgian idea, yeah, I see. that's when they changed and when... Yes, you, you no longer, and possibly when um, the public schools for the boys, so they, they no longer went and you you wouldn't you weren't a budding knight, mm-hmm. so you right. didn't have to go into service. Uh, Samuel Pepys was a servant in his yeah. cousin's mm-hmm. house, and he rose to become you know first Lord yeah. of the Admiralty or whatever he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much for telling us so much about ladies in waiting. Tell me tell me about where people can find. Um, find you and your stuff yeah i i need to inst- i need to take some pictures we've got some of your lovely products over there and um and you've got your book and yeah <laughs> so do you want to tell me about some of that uh yeah well sure so um in a minute we're going to be talking about um my book the king's pearl which i i talked about um, in, in the last two to mm-hmm. some of the hopefully a few more questions mm-hmm. and we have the Tudor times website and there is an article on there about ladies in waiting with a bibliography of sources where you can find out some more of the details um uh the yes yeah, so we've got our tutor time shop which has some um nice products uh some tote bags which we're very pleased with mm-hmm. and uh, some posters that are, i mean our absolute favorite is i am no morning woman by uh, as mm-hmm. elizabeth first said because uh, actually one of the things that elizabeth and mary's women did was was walk with them both, mm-hmm. both the queens were great walkers mm-hmm. uh but elizabeth liked to um have a yeah she wasn't she was a late night person okay. mary was an early morning person <laughs> yeah. yeah cool so that's shop.tutortimes uh, shop.tutortimes.co.uk okay. okay yeah okay perfect um well wonderful i uh is there anything else you want to say no i think that's okay. i think that's good we're done <laughs> awesome perfect um thank you so much for watching and uh we'll see you in the next talk bye <laughs>
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.